When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. I'd like to say hello. Hello to all of you for listening, especially if you're a subscriber to this series. And we put out new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I always love hearing the comments that you all leave, whether it's uh, you know over at YouTube or in the various podcast spots around the uh, you know interwebs where you can, you can tell me about your favorite parts of the interview or ask questions. A lot of you have had questions too, so uh, please keep those coming and uh, I'll answer as many of those as possible. If you're not a subscriber, by the way, now's a really good chance to hit that subscribe button. With all the new interviews that we put out every single week, it's a great way to keep up with so many different types of artists and what they're up to. And all you have to do is hit that subscribe button. We'll take the heavy lifting from there. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, okay, we're talking about one of the greatest songwriters of all time, one of the most legendary guitarists of all time, Mike Campbell, co-founder of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. He was Tom's right-hand man, who's also responsible for writing some of the greatest songs in history outside of the Heartbreakers. Uh, Don Henley's Boys of Summer, The Heart of the Matter, so many songs with Stevie Nicks in her solo career as well. Of course, he's also the guitarist right now in Fleetwood Mac, this uh, this new version of Fleetwood Mac that also has Neil Finn on it. Not only are we going to talk about a lot of that, but we're going to talk about his brand new band called The Dirty Knobs and their debut record, Reckless Abandoned. And we'll start with the history on the band. It's not actually a new band. They go back 12 or 15 years, as Mike will tell you, as sort of just a fun project that he eventually meant to get around to doing a record. I'm going to ask you about what uh, playing those early shows with the Dirty Knobs were like. You know, not having the foundation of the Heartbreakers, having to be, you know, kind of a small band that has to win a crowd over. And we're going to get into the songs as well. 
Reckless Abandon is the first single. He'll give us the story on that one. Uh, a really, really fun song that he co-wrote with Chris Stapleton called Fuck That Guy and a really cool jam called Don't Knock the Boogie. Now, it's also a record that uh, that Mike worked with George Dracolius, the producer from the uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers record, The Last DJ. I want to see if there's sort of a connection between those two records. And we'll talk about The Heartbreakers. Were any of these songs meant for The Heartbreakers? Mike actually says maybe. And dreams a little bit about what Tom would have brought to him. And of course, on that subject of the Heartbreakers, uh, I'm going to ask uh, if if Mike ever sees himself recording with any of those band members again. Uh, although it's to be mentioned that Ben Montench is on this record playing piano. And on the Fleetwood Mac side, too. You know, so far, it's uh, it's been a live thing. We're going to hear if Mike and Neil Fenn are going to be part of the uh, recording legacy of Fleetwood Mac sometime in the future. So let's get into it. Talking about the Dirty Knobs and the record Reckless Abandon, it's Kyle Meredith with Mike Campbell. Hi, Kyle. I'm having so much fun listening to this record, the Dirty Knobs. It's the debut record, but this isn't exactly a new band for you, right? No, we've been together like 12, 15 years. Obviously, you have, you've had another life in those 12 to 15 years, but were there conversations leading up to now about doing the record, or did it take till now to actually think, okay, we have to do this? We, it started out which it kind of still is a labor of love. You know, we just love to play together. And I would get together with these guys between Heartbreakers tours and record and go out and play. We never, you know, thought about it more than that. But as we started compiling material, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, someday it'd be great to to put this band out there. But I figured I would never do it until the Heartbreakers took a hiatus or whatever. And now here we are, uh, unfortunately, in this universe we're in now. Mm -hmm. And the opportunity was there, and so that's the you know that's that's where my energy went straight to the dirty knobs. Making no light of the situation we're in now, obviously, but uh, yeah. you know, as as the members of the dirty knobs, thinking, man, I've got one of the greatest. I'm in a band with one of the greatest uh, songwriter guitarists in the world, and uh, I got to wait on him. <laughs> well, you know, it, that the great thing about this band is um, there's no egos. And we never approached it as a commercial venture. It was always like, hey, we love to play. We have some time. Let's get together. And they were very patient about it, you know. And they've got other things going on, too. Sometimes I'd have to wait for them. But now it's uh, our time has opened up, and uh, we're free to do this. What's interesting hearing about it, because as as you have been around for that, you know, uh, over the decade and everything, you would play shows. And, and I have to imagine those early shows you know, being under the radar, is there freedom for you in, in that, playing those sort of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if secret identity is the right word. I don't mm-hmm. feel like you're ever trying to mask it, but uh, it's definitely not, you know, the stadium crowd. No, you're right. And we've always approached it, and uh, out of respect to my partner, Tom, I tried to keep it under the radar. But you know what's funny nowadays is there is no under the radar. <laughs> Uh, and, and the early when we first started playing, we could go out and play a club, and me, I, I might have a handful of songs that I wanted to try out on the crowd, and it would get played that night, and that was it, you know. And then I would learn from it. Nowadays, whenever you play, they've all got their phones, and it's on the internet before you get home, you know. So under the radar is kind of a, a lost thing. But there's still got to be some sense of having to earn the audience. I mean, now they obviously know who's on stage and they know your back catalog with the Heartbreakers. But but this is all these songs still have to stand on their own, right? Exactly. That's a great point. You know, like the Dirty Noms don't have any hits. (laughs) And in these club gigs, you have to prove it on the on the night. You know, you're playing songs they've never heard before. Maybe a cover here and there they might have heard. But you're not relying on familiar hits to win the crowd over. You've got to win them over with your 
persistence and music, you know. So does that change how you approach, you know, uh, the stage when when you have a set like this? I mean, even when you're playing new Heartbreaker songs, you know, when those were around everything, if, even if we didn't know them, we knew that American Girl was coming up at some point. But is there right. a way you have to work that room that's different than, than when you're on the stadium stage? It is different, but I'll tell you a secret. Like when we... Uh, we first recorded You Got Lucky back in the day, and we went out and played a gig, and we we played You Got Lucky, and it was like crickets, you know. And then, you know, a few months later, it was on the radio, and we played it, and they loved, they recognized it, and immediately started singing along. So with the Dirty Knobs, it's not about playing familiar hits. It's about we're here, you're here, we're going to play some music, and we're gonna we're gonna win you over, hopefully, with what we're doing on the stage right now. Well, we've definitely got that in the first single right here because uh, Reckless Abandon is so much fun to listen to. I mean, what a great rock and roll song that you produced here. And, and I hope you don't mind the broad question here, but can you tell me the story behind that one? Well, Reckless Abandon was just an, a, a song I wrote one day. I don't know where it came from. I, I got the phrase Reckless Abandon. I thought that applied to the Dirty Knobs because we kind of play that way. <laughs> and then I just I threw it together, you know, put some characters in there and I like the chords a lot because it sounds like it's changing keys going up all the time. And I thought it would be a good song for the Rickenbacker, uh, ringing Rickenbacker tones. And we just uh, we just threw it together. There was no great thought behind it. We just liked the way it sounded, and uh, we played. We only you know played it once or twice, and that was the take. You know, and the thing about this record too, as you can hear on that track especially, is this is a band playing live in the studio. You know, we didn't go in and start and overdub pieces here and there. We set up live, got our sound, and we performed the song, you know, right on the floor, solos and everything. The, the live in the studio, it's not even just a lost arts. It's it's something that, I, you know, a lot of new musicians, and I say young musicians, they're not even aware that you can do that, I don't think. It seems like that. There's a lot of uh, new music. I have trouble latching on to a lot of new music because it sounds like it was done on a computer. Yeah. I mean, I like, there's some songs that are great done that way. For instance, Jeff Lynne is really great at building stuff up one piece at a time. And I love doing those kind of recordings also, but I, I prefer the band playing live at once so you get that interplay, you know, and the electricity. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of soul. Uh, that, yeah, that I think so. That. Yeah. Uh, of course, I've got to ask about a song called Fuck That Guy, because that's a yeah. fun one. <laughs> <laughs> this one always comes up. It's hilarious. Typically, over the years, I only wrote within my band, but I got a, I had met Chris Stapleton in passing once at Wrigley Field. He opened for the Heartbreakers. And I said, hi. And anyway, he called me and said, would you like to get together and write some songs? And that's kind of out of my comfort zone. But I said, yeah, let's give it a shot. So he came out. We hung out for three days and wrote several songs. And one day he goes, you know, I had an idea for a song, maybe a title called Fuck That Guy. He said, I think people can relate to that. And I said, I can certainly relate to that. Let me, can I mess around with it? And he said, sure. So I went ahead and threw, threw some verses together and, and showed it to the band. We literally played it once or twice in the studio, and that was it. And there wasn't much thought behind it, but it's something that everybody relates to. And I get so many questions about it, which is kind of funny because it was, wasn't thought out. It was just so quickly done. And uh, But, you know, I think a sense of humor goes a long way. Absolutely. Well, it's hard not to. I mean, it, it's a definitive statement, you know, whereas a lot of song titles, you know, they're, they're nice. They're poetry, you know, but, but there's something mm-hmm. that's very direct in that. So, of course, you, you wonder, it's like, who the hell is he talking about? What? Who did you wrong, man? <laughs> well, in any day, anybody can do you wrong. You know, they might cut you off in traffic or they might cut in line at the store or they might just look at you funny. And you think to yourself, well, fuck that guy. (laughs) I think everybody kind of does that, so maybe that's why the song resonates with people. 
there's a lot of those moments on it. And, you know, I, I want to bring up Don't Knock the Boogie, too, because uh. even before I listened to that, I wondered, and, I, and I'm guessing it's not, by the way, but I wondered if this could be a response to Long John Baldry's Don't Try to Lay No Boogie Woogie on the King of Rock and Roll. You know, I don't even hardly remember that song. I, that sounds familiar. But the truth behind not, Don't Knock the Boogie was a similar story to Fuck That Guy. Uh, George Draculius, our producer, came in one day, and he's kind of a goofy, funny guy. And he says, hey, don't knock the boogie. And I said, well, that's a cool title. Can I mess around with that? So I, I gave him songwriting credit for that because he came up with the title. And there's another thing where we just thought, well, that you know, it's not really a song. It's mostly just like a, a story. Like I was thinking of it like a John Lee Hooker talking over the music. And uh, it's just a you know a little movie, but it's very spontaneous. It was really like right off the we we he, you know we we heard it that afternoon. I threw some words together and we cut it. I think we played it once, and that's it. It sounds like that's kind of the story behind a lot of this record. I mean, these it sounds like a lot of these songs were just kind of easy ideas that that landed into great rock and roll. Yeah, uh, most of the like ninety percent of the record is. Some of the songs are a little older, like. And someone else was asking me, who are these songs about, you know? And they're really not about anybody unless it's some subconscious thing that comes out. But they're just characters. There is one song that is specifically about one person, and that's the song called I Still Love You. Uh, but the other ones are just, you know, fictional characters, you know? Do you find that you have uh, the same relationship with a song that just kind of happens on a whim like that as you do something that you have to try and, and chisel at? Well, at the end of the day, if, if a song holds up, you know, over time, it doesn't matter whether you did it fast or slow. You know, if, if you like the song, you know, songs age. Some songs you think are the, like the best thing you ever did, and three days later you hear it and you go, oh, that's not so good. And other songs you go, well, man, that, I still hear that. You know, I can, I can read different things into it over time. It has, it has legs, you know. So it's really, you know, a good song's a good song. If it comes to you, luckily, quickly, it's always nice. But, you know, sometimes you've got to slave over them. You mentioned uh, George Raculius being the producer behind this when he had done the last DJ record for the Heartbreakers. Was there anything about that album that you that you that that pointed to this one that you liked and said that's what I want from this? I like George because of his energy. Mostly, he's a great energy to have around the studio because he's happy-go-lucky and he's really smart, but he's also kind of goofy and keeps everybody laughing and keeps it lighthearted. And I kind of I thought he'd be the perfect energy for this record, and he was. From what you're saying, then you know, the, because of the way a lot of these songs happen, do you think any of these songs would have ended up being heartbreaker songs? That's a that's an interesting question. Uh, maybe. I mean, I can I can hear what you're saying. There's times when I hear, like, say, for instance, "Reckless Abandon." If Tom had been around, I would have given him that music and see what he would come up with it on it. You know, because that's the way we always worked and. I loved working with him, and I think one thing I'll miss the most is not being able to write any more songs together. Because he was so good at taking a piece of music and then bringing in, you know, his point of view on top of it and making it into a great song. So, I mean, that crossed my mind a few times. I wonder what Tom would have done with this. But, you know, he's not here, so I must press on. And we should mention, though, uh, Benmont is on here. Yeah. Do you find do you see yourself ever recording with any of the Heartbreakers again outside of things like this? You know, I do. But it's still a little close to the bone. We're all still grieving heavily. And uh, I just don't quite, I'm not quite to the space where I'd like to be in a room with all those guys and look up and not see Tom with us. Emotionally, I just don't think I'm ready for that. But in terms of just, yes, I would love to do something with them eventually someday. I'm just not there yet. Well, obviously, I mean, we, you know, it's been said a million times how 
how much magic you all put into the world. Uh, you know, the, the well, way you. Yeah, you constructed songs together. It's it's soundtrack to everybody's. I mean, there's not one person that's not touched somehow by the music of, of what you all have done. Oh, thank you. Even these little guest spots, you know, just knowing that Bentman is on here, I think that means a lot to a lot of us. You just see. Oh, that well, that's cool. Yeah, I, I deliberately kept keyboards off the record in general because it's a guitar band. But we had that song, and I thought, you know, it'd be nice to have Ben come in and, and play on one song just for the spirituality of it. And he came in, you know, and did it real quick. It was wonderful. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of love between the Heartbreakers. But I really wanted to, to make this record have its own uh, individuality from all that stuff, if possible. Well, it's such a cool record. Uh, it, it really, really, really is. I'm real proud of it. Uh, I, I would like to ask, if you're okay with it, one about the about Fleetwood, too, because that's, that's sort yeah. of your other life right now. Is the future of Fleetwood Mac in live music only? That's a good question, because when I first got the call from Mick, and he said, you're in the band, you know, if you want to be, this is not an audition. And I said, okay, great. Well, I, I, I thought about it for a day and called him back and said, yeah, I'm in. I said, you know, it starts with the songs. I assumed we were going to make a record first. And he goes, oh, well, we've got these tour commitments, which ended up being a, a year and a half. <laughs> And so we had a meeting at the end of the tour, and, and they all decided that uh, they don't really want to do any more long tours like that again, but they're open to doing a handful of gigs if they come up. And nobody really mentioned recording. I mean, I would with Neil Finn and me and, and, and that band, I think we could make a great record, and if they want to do it, I'm up for it. Uh, that, to me, that that's so interesting because you do bring this feel i mean you bring this style into it and 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 fleetwood has so much history with you know different guitarists and different styles in there oh, the greatest rhythm section i mean you Absolutely. know if you think about it they're the longest lasting rock and roll rhythm section still together yeah it's incredible and it was a joy playing with them every night they're just amazing yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I would love to record with them, but I don't know where their heads are exactly on that. But we'll wait and see. I know you've co-wrote a lot of songs with Stevie too for for some of her solo stuff. Do you do you all ever talk about bringing that stuff out? Uh, it's funny. I found a track the other day that I forgot we had done. It was really good, and I sent it to her and said, you know, you should check this out. I haven't heard back yet. <laughs> But, you know, she's real busy. She wants to do a film about Rihanna, and she's got some tour dates, and she wants to, you know, do that for a year, year and a half. So everybody else can do other things for now. Well, it's great to see you out there. I mean, it's exciting for me. I'm a huge Neil Finn uh, fan, too. So, Oh, good. Yeah, so, he's amazing. Yeah, seeing all of that come together, it's nothing that any of us would have ever expected, you know, having mm-hmm. this as, uh, as Fleetwood these days. So it's it's really awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I look forward to catching the Dirty Knobs. I mean, you guys are going to tour this, right? Yeah, we're going everywhere we can go. Uh, we're starting out. We're going to do uh, a tour on our own. We're starting in little places. You know, I said, don't book us anywhere where we can't sell out. And we've sold out all the dates and added some dates here and there. So we're starting Starting small, which I'm really comfortable with. And then in June, uh, Chris Stapleton was, was nice enough to offer some opening dates for him in some bigger places. And then after that, we'll book another tour of our own, and, and hopefully over time we can build up to theaters. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Main thing is we just want to play and have fun. That's cool. Seeing you, guys, seeing you like in a garage band all over again. <laughs> I know. Right back where I started. I love it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Mike, it is, again, such an honor and a pleasure to talk to you today. Congratulations on the Dirty Knobs. This is such a fun record to listen to, and and thank you so much for the conversation today. Oh, those are great words, and I really appreciate your compliment, and thank you for calling. I I appreciate you getting involved, too. Definitely, man. Uh, Take care. We'll see you out there. Yeah, if you come to a gig, come back and say hi to us. Absolutely. would love that. Okay. All right, man. See you. All the best. Bye. A humongous thanks. Mike Campbell, The Dirty Knobs, Reckless Abandon. That's the brand-new album. Of course, you can catch him with Fleetwood Mac when uh, when those dates pop up.
And though we didn't get to talk about in this interview, also happy 10th anniversary to the uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers record Mojo, 10 years old this year. Uh, I should have known it. It's one of my favorite songs uh, of the Heartbreakers catalog, and it's another one that's co-written by Mike Campbell. And a big thanks to you for, again, checking out this interview. Uh, hopefully, if you're not a subscriber to the series, that uh, you like this one enough to do so before you get out of here. You can grab us at uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify. YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts from. We're there. Just hit subscribe. We'll deliver three episodes a week straight to your listening device. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews as well. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence, they've got your music and film news. You can also find me just about any social media platform at Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris. The list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.